0: Hey, this is Dave Ryder from New Spring Church here in beautiful Perth, Western Australia. Really praying that this message is going to help you. If you'd like some more information about our story, just head to newspring.org.au. So you also get something out of what I'm talking about today. So don't switch off, don't go on your phones, don't fall asleep. If you're not a mum, I would love you to listen up because I've hoped that there's something in this for you today so um yeah being a mum mum of three I've been a mum for eight years now and um you know learning a lot about many things one thing um being a mum that I didn't think I would like but I've really enjoyed is becoming a soccer mum so um I'm all right at sport and not you know, really that excited about sport. My husband's into AFL. So um, when we were looking at getting my daughter into some sport when she was like five, um, we were looking around and the school provides soccer. We're like, easy, you know, simple, let's keep it simple. So we put her in soccer. And on the very first day of her first game, um, Matt and I are standing watching and, you know, the, the whistle goes and boom, everything happens. And all of a sudden, this girl's skills, I've been able to handle this soccer ball, kicking goals and stuff like that. Matt and I just went, where did that come from? You know, and hence started the fire of Soccer Mum. Also, what we found out, Matt and I both have discussed this a lot, is, you know, they're you know those crazy parents. Um, on the side of the sports field, and we're like, oh, my gosh, like, it's just a game. They're just little kids. It's actually really hard not to go crazy like that when it's your own kid. So Matt and I reckon sometimes, like, we keep it cool, but in our guts we're like, oh, come on, like, put it back on the field or something like that. And Matt admits once that it overtook him. And um, there was a couple of kids who were really close to the goal and Evelyn was free and before he could think about it, he just went, kick it to Ev! Like that and just yelled out in front of everyone. He was like, oh, you know. So um, it does kind of boil up there. So then Evelyn starts playing and then a couple years later, Leroy starts playing and um, Israel, um, you know, has just started playing this year, but he's had to wait a bit longer. But last year... Leroy's team was down a couple of players. So because um, Israel is, you know, quite a brute, if you know him, (laughs) my three-year-old at the time, they were like, can we throw him on? Can we put him in a uniform? I was like, yeah, he'll love it. And so this is a photo of that day of how excited they are. I know, right? So it's Leroy's team and then Israel is, you know, put the uniform on and he's ready to go. He's ready, right? So once he's on, the whistle goes. Israel gets the ball. The three-year-old gets the ball playing with the four- and five-year-olds. And he runs for the goal and we're screaming. He kicks it. He got a goal in the wrong goal. <laughs> and my son, Leroy, who's very competitive, just lost it, runs up to his brother and screams in his face, that's the wrong one. Like that, Which Israel then gets really indignant, turns around and slaps his brother in the face. And then they start wrestling and they're rolling around on the field on the soccer game. And of course, that's the day that Matt's not at the game, isn't it? So I'm walking onto the field, not only to pull apart the same team, but brothers. Okay, this is the life of soccer mum. But um, one thing I love... What is a soccer mom? It's a cheerleader, right? We stand on the side and we yell and we scream and we cheer and we laugh and it's 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 so much fun. I love being a cheerleader. And don't you think how important it is for us to have cheerleaders in our lives? Someone to stand there and to yell that we can do it. And when we get up, when we fall down, say, "Come on, get back up, go again, and go towards the goal." And and that's what we need in our lives is cheerleaders. And that's what I'm talking about today is how to be a cheerleader and not only if you're a soccer mom or not only if you're a woman or anything like that but all of us because what happens in life if the cheerleader gets tired the cheerleader also needs a cheerleader right and that cheerleader also needs a cheerleader so we know the saying it takes a village to grow a child it's not just the mums who are growing these children is it it's all of us It's the grandmothers, it's the friends of the mums that are helping the mums out when they're pulling their hair out, it's the fathers. It's the grandfathers, it's the mentors, it's the friends of the children, as children and growing children. It's all of us together. If we all learn how to be cheerleaders, we build a healthy village. And that's what I want to talk about today. So if you are not a mum, if you are a man, I want you to listen up because let's talk about how do we become cheerleaders and grow a healthy village because it takes more than just one person, a mum, to grow a child it takes all of us but in that saying who do we focus on we focus on the child growing the child but it's not that a healthy village is everyone together okay it's actually about how do we grow each other how do we network and collaborate and build each other up So let's talk about it. First of all, how do we do that? We cheer each other on in our individuality. We are so unique. We are so unique. And just as science and development of that gets more and more advanced, we find even more and more how unique we are. They now know that there is as many or more neurological connections in our brain than stars in the universe. So when you look up and you see all those stars that's what's in our brains. We are amazingly and beautifully made. We are a combination of body, mind, soul, spirit, all mixed up into one. We are products of our genes and our experiences and our choices that make us individual like no one else on the planet that has been and ever will be. We are unique, amazing, beautiful people and all of us show a glimpse of who God is. We're just another representation of how multifaceted our amazing God is. We are so unique. So how do we cheer each other on in this? Well, Dr. Peter Benson, he talks about a spark. He talks about that everyone needs to find their spark to truly thrive and come alive. And what that is, is that's that fire, that drive, that passion that comes deep from within us, in our hearts, that drives us on. And it's something that we feel like, I'm made for this. Now, the thing is, is that we're not born and we go, bang, I know what that is. It's actually a discovery and a journey of trying things and finding out what we don't like and what we do like and what we're good at and what we love and what we don't like. And all those things that actually build us towards this spark. And if you're lucky enough, you know what that is. And it's like a fire in your heart. I know that feeling myself, Um, it's what I bring the world and from quite a young age I've always been so passionate about inspiring others to reach their potential and that has come out in my life in many different ways. So I'm a qualified teacher and um, when I was working in a classroom it just brought me such joy to see children who would have a you know I can't do this or I don't want to do this and they they would have some sort of blockage and then being able to kind of help them through it and then realize oh, I can it just would I would cry almost every time and that's brought me into now working with mentoring children um when I was um, doing singing songwriting it wasn't the music that I loved creating it was the words that gave people the words to understand themselves and get closer to God it was about inspiring others so that's what drives me and every time in my life that I've got closer and closer to doing that it is like a fire within me that when things go wrong I'm like no I want to keep doing this because it makes me feel alive and it's what I give to the world so what I want to ask you is what's yours do you know how do you find out well how do we cheer each other on to find out these things Well, there's multiple ways we can do it. First of all, we can cheer each other on in our dreams. You know, sometimes we're, oh, I would love to do that, or um, if only the world was perfect and I could try this, or if anyone actually knew that what I really dream about is that. And as little children, all the way through to our older years, we have these dreams that sometimes we articulate and sometimes we don't. But that's a place that we can start to cheer each other on. When you're sitting around with your family today or with your friends in the week, ask them, what's your dream? What's like in your heart? What do you want to try? What do you think? Oh, gosh, I would just love this. Usually when people say, I would love to do this, it comes from their heart. It comes from somewhere which is more of a passion than I have to. It's I would love to do that. But so many times we feel like, um, our dreams are squashed because the world's tough and it's got boundaries and it's got difficult things and it tells us that we can't and we should be this and we feel like we should be that. But let's sit around and ask ourselves, what are our dreams? Virginia Satter, she's um, A psychologist in the 70s, she wrote this amazing book called People Making about this exact thing, growing people. And um, she talks about, you know, even as little children, if they've got this dream to sit on a fire engine, like let's work with them to make that happen, you know. Or even when you're in your older age, like, oh, well, I'm past it now. Um, what's the dreams that are, you you know, you lost when you were a child or dreams that are evolving now? How can we then ignite those? Um, my dad, he always wanted to learn an instrument. So on his 60th birthday, we gave him a voucher to go and have music lessons. Um, he was like, oh, I don't know, a bit over the hill. Like, no, Dad, you're not. And he started to play guitar. Now, he plays all the time and he doesn't want to perform in anybody. He wants to just play for himself and, and with his friends. But it ignites a fire that drives me, that sparks me, that makes me feel alive. And it's so important. But they need to be our own dreams. And one thing that we need to be really careful of is not trying to be someone else's dream or project our dream onto somebody else. Virginia Satter says this in her book, People Making. Many parents start out with a dream about what they want their child to be. This dream often has to do with wanting the child to do what they personally could not do. Like, I want him to be a musician because I always loved music. It is easy for parents without knowing it to make plans for their child to be what would fit them but not necessarily what would fit the child. So you might be a parent and you might be kind of trying to project what you want for them onto them, okay? There's no, nothing wrong with having ambitions for your child, but they need to grow out of the essence of who this child is, out of their spark, taking the time to talk with them about what they love and their dreams and their desires and those kind of things. Or you may be the child that you were squashed out of your dream. Well, you know what? That spark's still there somewhere, And I want to encourage you to step out and actually start to ignite that fire, okay? But it's terrifying, right? It's terrifying and that's why we need our cheerleaders is let's encourage people because what are we afraid of when we step out that we actually show our heart, that people would actually have us on a platter, that if we showed our innermost being, that that means that if people actually said something about it, it would hurt like deep in my core. So how do we do that? We cheer each other on. And when we stumble, it's okay. Hey, get up and try again. Let's cheer each other on in taking a risk. DC Talk has this song and the words say, what if I stumble? What if I fall? What if I make a mess and make a fool of us all? Would life continue if my walk becomes a crawl? What if I stumble? And I think we all know that sense of like, what if people really realize that I'm not perfect? What if people really, what if I try this and it doesn't work? But you know what? It's in the risk where we find those sparks and passions in life. So if we can stand alongside each other and go, come on, give it a go you know, try it. It's okay. You know, I love you. I'll be here even if you fall on your face and we can help each other get up. Or if you feel like you're over the hill and you've lost your chance or, you know, your parents shaped you in a way that you don't feel was yourself. Well, you know what? Your life is still going and your God has still got that spark. And if he's whispering to you about ignite that then risk and give it a go. Build the cheerleaders around you. Talk to the person that's closest to you and say, hey, I want to try this risk. Will you walk it with me? We've got to be open to support, right? See, one of the things is when we lose our spark, It's like a fire that dies and that's very, very dangerous for the humankind because God has put this in our hearts that we would show a glimpse of who he is and that we would be able to give something to the world that no one else can give. Remember you are so unique, remember that? No one else can give what you can give. So I know the feeling of when your spark dies So a couple years ago, you know, just sort of when I became a mum, I believed that a good mum gave up everything and gave everything to her kids. And so I did. And there was a part of me in my soul that really, I felt like I became a shell of who I was. That, oh, I loved being a mum. I loved it so much. And I felt really guilty about not being fully fulfilled in that role. But there was a part of me that I had given up that was just as important. And it was where that fire and spark and drive was in my life. And it started to die. Now, lucky for me, I I have a lot of cheerleaders in my life. And I had people come around me and encourage me and say, come on, Chelsea, you know that you can do this. I started picking up doing music again and speaking again and the things where I can actually give... Um, something that inspires other people as well. And it was people around me said, hey, you know what? I know that you're going to, you know, be working a bit extra. So can I come and clean your house? I had people come and clean my house for me. I had friends that go, you know, when I know you're scared, it's all right. Like we're here with you. We love you even before you tried this. It doesn't matter if you fail. The importance of the village to build each other up when we lose our spark We can speak life into each other. We can help each other grow and we can then give the world what we're destined to give. And the other thing we need to do that really helps us cheer on each other in becoming our individual selves is to give each other space. Uh, There's this very controversial verse in the Bible which all the, parents, the women will be going, why would you bring that up on Mother's Day? Ephesians 5.21, it's just before the little edgy bit. It says, submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. Now, after that, it goes on to, you know, wives, submit to your husbands. And, you know, why men, lay down your life. And we don't want to go there on Mother's Day. <laughs> No, of course we do. So, um, but just before that, it talks about submit to one another in the reverence of Christ. Now, this whole context of this chapter gets used as this whole power play between males and females. And what does it actually mean to submit? And what does it mean to lay your life down? And who's got the power? And how's this thing? And hey, God doesn't work that way, you know, not at all. And if we look here at submit to one another out of reverence to Christ, that's how it begins it's actually about providing space for each other to be who you are. It's actually, you know, I'm not going to try and project myself on you. I'm not going to put my expectations and demands on you. I'm going to step back and I'm actually going to submit to who you are and you submit to who we are out of the reverence of Christ. And then this fire ignites in us. We're able to be who we were destined to be and we all benefit. So, one thing that I am very passionate about, and I've spoken to Dave about, and he's like, oh, I love it when you get like this, is um, that men and women working together, not in competition. And the world tells us to compete in so many different ways, you know, there was a real onslaught on on um, femininity, like you know, in the last 100 years, and there's the power back and all these kind of things. And then I really think now that it's kind of flipped, and now there's this real challenge on masculinity. I mean, come on, tell me, guys, like, really, do you open the door for the girls? Do you not open the door for the girls? Am I allowed to be polite to you? Do I not allowed to you? You know, like, there's there's a lot of like, who is what's role and you know, what is gender and who's those kind of things. And um, we need to get back to who we are, who God says that we are. And we don't need to compete because, you know, what, what I bring into my family is different to what my husband brings. And if we work together, we make our family better. So it's like in the village, what you bring is different to what I can bring. So we don't need to compete, we need to embrace that individuality and just be able to enjoy it, you know, if we try and step on each other's heads to get better and push you down to get up, which is what the world tells us to do, we all miss out, we all miss out and I think that that's what's happening now and I really hope that as people who love God or, you know, if this is new to you and you're thinking, gosh, I hope this challenges you, that let's stand up and actually celebrate who each of us were meant to be and stand alongside instead of thinking that the way to advancing is to step on each other and push them down. It's just so dangerous. And then the last thing about celebrating individuality is engaging the help of the village. So if we're going to embrace each other's individuality, we also have to collaborate because we are so much better together and we need children supporting children and we need young people supporting children and we need older people supporting young people and young people supporting older people and men supporting men and women supporting women and women supporting men. You know, it has to be all like that together. That's how we work the best, guys. And I find that um, sometimes we kind of get all disconnected and all the young people hang out and the old people hang out and the girls hang out and stuff like that but we're so much stronger together there's this beautiful story that really represents that it was um actually to do with elephants and kruger national park in south africa isn't it kruger national park was really full of elephants in the 80s and um what they did is they had this great idea that they'll translocate these young bulls and young um, female elephants into this uh, other national park, which was about 30 k's down. So, they – I just pictured these big cranes, but I'm pretty sure it was cranes and trucks, but, you know. You know. But, right, they take these elephants and they relocate these young um, males and females into this other park. And then they were observing them and so forth, and they discovered something else, that um, the rhinos, the white rhinos in that park, they were actually finding in the years to come were being killed, and they didn't know why. There was these, like, spear marks in them, and they're going, have we got poachers? We need to, like, set up cameras and work out what's going on. And what they actually discovered is that the young male elephants had banded together in um, almost like gangs and they were attacking rhinos that had never been seen anywhere else in the world and they were actually killing them and so they started to research into why on earth is this happening in this park in no other park in the world and they discovered that it's actually the old bulls and the old female elephants that would show the young elephants how to be elephants so what they did is they got some old elephants (laughs) you know, into the park. And within weeks, the problem was solved. Now, what happened is there was an old bull and he actually stood up to the young males and he came alongside them and he showed them how to be elephants. Don't you think that is amazing? I just couldn't believe it. And I think that's a great representation of us. So if you are an old bull, if you're an old elephant, I want you to know That the young people need you. They need you to come alongside them and show them how to be people and how to grow and how to have wisdom and be shown what it is to walk alongside, not to stand and point and say you're failing, but to be a cheerleader and come alongside and grow these people. So just like elephants, we need our old bulls. Okay, so how do we cheer people on in our individuality? We encourage them to pursue their dreams. We support them in their risks and we give space for them. We give space by submitting and saying, hey, be yourself. I'm here for you. You're important. The second thing that we can cheer people on is in their vulnerability. So that one has a bit of an edgy um, feelings. Sometimes about like, oh, vulnerability. Brene Brown speaks a lot on this and she says, vulnerability is the core of all emotions and feelings. To feel is to be vulnerable. To believe vulnerability is weakness is to believe that feeling is weakness. And if we look at that because people are like, oh, I'm not going to open up. I don't want to, you know, take my walls down. I don't want people to know how I really feel. Or I don't want to bring people in where they can hurt me. You know, it's not weakness. It's actually where our strength and our beauty is. And if we can be brave enough, and if um, to actually go, will I be willing to open my heart? And if the other people in our lives, if we're actually um, committed enough to build that relationship where we actually should be trusted with someone's vulnerability, then we can actually go deeper. We can go deeper um john eldridge he's the writer of wild at heart which is an amazing book about um the role of men and the way god created them and then his secondary book captivating to talk about the role of women he says this where your wound is or your vulnerability there your genius will be it is out of your brokenness that you discover what you have to offer the community The false self is never holy self, uh, holy false, which is, you know, the mask we put on when we're in um, other people's company. Those gifts that we've been using are often quite true about us, but we've used them to hide behind. We thought that the power of our life was in the golden bat or whatever we were holding in our hand, but the power is in us. When we begin to offer not merely our gifts but our true selves, that is when we become powerful that is when we are ready for battle. So it's actually about a strength. It's about opening up. It's about digging in to those deepest parts of us which may feel uncomfortable, which may feel unsafe, which may even feel weak. But no, if you want to find who you are, that's where we need to look. And if we want to be people that are allowed to step in to someone's deepest vulnerabilities, we have to take the time to build that. Now, um... I know this feeling when I got married, I thought that I'd earned the right to step into my husband's vulnerable heart, to know the deepest parts of his soul. And I learned pretty quickly that I hadn't, um, that it takes more than just standing in front of your friends and saying, I commit to you. I actually had to show that commitment. And so after, you know, over quite a few years of, you know, in my young days thinking, oh, this man that I'm married to, like, And I would complain to God about him. He knows this, I warned him. Uh, Complain to God about him and be like, you know, oh, you know, he doesn't share this with me and he doesn't do this and he doesn't do that. And I had all these expectations on how Matt should be and what a good husband is and what he should be doing. And God said to me once, Chelsea, he's just a man. And, well, you think it's funny. (laughs) For me, it was an absolute light bulb moment because I believed that Matt should be Superman. I believed that he should be able to do everything, that he should solve all my problems, that he should make me feel good all the time, that he should have everything done. And I really missed the point that there's a vulnerability in my husband that I could have the beauty of being able to step into, but instead I was too busy putting up the walls and going, this is what you need to be. There's a song that reminds me of this feeling of what it would have been like, and you might be able to connect with this if you're a male or a female, depending on your relationships. The song's called Superman, and the the verses say this, I wish that I could cry, fall upon my knees, find a way to lie about a home I'll never see. But it may sound absurd, but don't be naive. Even heroes have the right to bleed. I may be disturbed But won't you concede, even heroes have the right to dream. It's not easy to be me. I'm only a man in a silly red sheet looking for special things inside of me, inside of me. And I think sometimes that we think our treasure is in our outward expression of strength and those kind of things, or that that's the treasure of the people that are in our lives. But there's something so much deeper. And I know that they say that men are simple, but the more that I'm growing up, I'm actually realizing that men have this beautiful depth inside of them that they keep a lot closer than most women. And um, if we want to be those people, and it's usually a wife, but it doesn't have to be, that can take the time and the strength and work on ourselves that we don't project our feelings on them to actually get to the point where someone will open up their vulnerability to us, that we can be that honoured, that in itself is one of the most beautiful things in life and that's where we find deep connection. And the thing is, is that's also where we become alive. Madeline L. Lengel says, When we were children we used to think that when we would grow up, we would no longer be vulnerable. But to grow up is to accept vulnerability, to be alive is to be vulnerable. If we want to find our spark, if we want to light that fire, if we want to come alive, it's not only in what we give outwardly, but it's actually in our deepest, darkest part of our heart, the vulnerable part of us. And if we want to be cheerleaders that can actually step into that and be honoured enough to go into that space, then we got to take years and time and trust to do that but what an honor and I'm going to spend the rest of my life doing that with my man and then Proverbs 25 says the purpose of a man's heart is like a deep water but a man of understanding will draw that out so there's a deep water in all of us but a man with understanding will draw that out so that basically says a good cheerleader will draw that out They will know what to call out and what to support and when to say something and when to be quiet and when to encourage them to get up when you stumble. We all need a good cheerleader in our lives. We are so uniquely made. We are so fearfully and wonderfully made by our God. We are all individual. We all have something to give. And you may feel like now that you don't know what yours is, well, it's in the geniuses in your vulnerability. So I encourage you that be your own cheerleader and start to dig into that. And the people around, let's start doing that for each other. Let's start not trying to compete all the time, but let's actually start coming together and cheering our village on. Let's cheer our little people on. Who knows what God has for them? Who knows that they may do something that none of us have ever even thought of before? So let's not expect them to be what we think, but let's actually provide space for that. And who knows how many more years those lovely elephants have of being able to give what you have to the world. Maybe there's something totally new that God's still got for you. We want to cheer you on in that. And men, we want to be there as women to encourage you to be able to open up in the depths of your heart, to be the man that God created you to be in your strength and in your vulnerabilities where there's beauty in that, not Superman human. And women, for the women in the room, especially the mothers today, allow yourself to be cheered on as well. Let's be cheerleaders together. The beauty of um, each other is that we actually work together. Don't be like, oh no, 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 I'm fine. I've got this. No, let's bring each other on. Let's do it together. Let's make it easy. And remember, if you think, oh, I don't know if I have what it takes. Well, some 139 verse 13 says, For you were formed, you formed me in my innermost parts. You knitted me together in whose womb? Your mother's. So, no matter how well she did, how nurturing of a mum she was, or she may be even on the total other spectrum of being totally absent in your life, or somewhere in between, God put you in that womb and He chose that person for you, that she would grow you and then He would take you and He would ignite that spark, that He would put that vulnerability in there that we can open up and we can connect and we can build a village and we can thrive and we can be human, human in the most beautiful form, that in every one of us, we show another aspect of our God. We are beautifully and wonderfully made people. Let's work together. Let's be cheerleaders. Amen. If you, um, just before we sing, if you want to speak to someone or get prayed for after the service, there'll be people up the front. But have a wonderful Mother's Day. Have a wonderful Sunday. And um, yeah, know that you are blessed and you are loved. Amen. Amen. Let's give Chelsea a great hand.